content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. to WTF Are You Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. And I'm Decker. And we're here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? So, brief rundown of how this works. We've got six categories of topics. The next episode's contents is determined by the roll of a die. The categories are true crime, paranormal, history and education, science and technology, entertainment, and current events. We'll use an eight-sided die. If you roll a one, then you're going to roll a six-sided die for those same categories, but then it's going to be local. So Idaho or any state bordering Idaho. If you roll eight, then you get to pick your category because it's a wild. Woo! <laughs> it's like the best jackpot ever, except for now you have more choices than you wanted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now you're like, oh, now I have to narrow it down. Oh, God. <sighs> All right. So, Decker, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, I am going to be talking. Oh, she's so cute. I'm going it's to be talking about. Um, uh, it's a current thing. I, I may have hinted to you that it's going to be something that's hilarious and stupid. Which is funny, considering he has true crime. I have true crime. <laughs> but, you know, not all crimes have to be, like, gory or horrific. There can be hilarious true crimes where it's like, someone actually did this. Indeed. Um, and this can be debated as to whether or not it is a crime or not. Uh, with everything I looked up and with historical um, things that have happened with this issue in the past, I'm going to say... This one is currently a crime. <laughs> um, but uh, let me ask you this before I jump too much into mine. Have you ever heard... Okay, so, so you play games, yes. right? Yes. yes we established this in some of our previous episodes, so uh, if you haven't listened to those, do that. But um, you know how there can be some interesting gaming consoles out there? Yes. Okay. Like, did you ever get any, like, interesting handheld games, or, uh, uh, did you ever, like, buy, like, those things where it's, like, you have, like, 1,000 games on this, like, con like, they used to be, like, kind of shoddy? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I've seen them, but I didn't ever have any. Okay, cool. Neither have I. I used to have, like, really crappy, like, I want to say, like, maybe, like, uh, is it Neo Geo? Oh. Or, uh, like, I know what like about, horrible yeah. Atari ports kind of thing. Uh, so I'm actually talking about, it sounds so weird to say, too. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Soldier Boy. <laughs> I'm sorry? I know, right? That took a really hard turn. Now, let me explain. Um, so people have talked about this um, semi-recently, but... Um, there's a lot of controversy going around. Oh, Soulja I think Boy. I saw something on Twitter about this. Okay, yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh, so um, I'm talking about Soldier Boy because uh, in today's episode, for me at least, the true crime I'm going to be talking about is like illegal ports or um, basically making devices or selling games underneath like when you don't have the rights to do so. Okay. Okay. Um... And so, most of the time when stuff like this has come up, like, prior, like, to Soldier Boy and stuff, normally they were, um, uh, pretty much very cheap, poorly crafted, horrible quality games, and you can get lots of games on the console and stuff, uh, 
and of course they run horribly. Like they mm -hmm. have horrible frame rates, or like most times they just be shot and would break within like several weeks. Um, and don't they gen aren't they generally like very obvious ripoffs of popular they're games? Yeah, they're so clearly ripoffs. Now, now this isn't like this isn't gonna be an episode where like it's me talking about like he made games and the games are literally this game but mm -hmm. like reskinned. This is like he is selling. Like, great example is he's selling Nintendo games on his console. Yeah, you can't do that. You cannot do that. They don't Not like that. Not much And I guarantee, especially Ooh, out, of, yeah, no. out of any, any franchise, any gaming industry, Nintendo is so oh, yeah. notorious for just... Well, it took so long for them to even allow people to, like, do Let's Plays and put them on YouTube. No, and that's, like, something recent, too. Like, yeah. Like, unless, like, you had, like, basically... From what I've seen on YouTube, like, unless you had, like, talked to people and, like, had worked out something where it was okay, so they didn't just constantly strike you down, mm -hmm. you, you did anything, Nintendo, it's going down. Yeah. Pretty much. If it has, like, any sort of views, and the bots were highly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, like, uh, like, profiling kind of thing? Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Like, they would be very... They cast a very wide net? They cast a very wide net, but it's something more than that. It's, I guess they'd be, uh... I'll find the word eventually, but <laughs> pretty much they would uh, go for any video regardless of the circumstance, mm -hmm. right? Even if it was clear, clearly like fair use or anything like that, they were uh, or if it was very like notorious review. for just striking anything down that had to do with their stuff. Because I mean, and this has been talked about for several years now, the idea of like, can people that play games and do let's plays, should they be able to monetize money off said game? Me and a lot of people who are at least fairly open-minded would say yes because it's new content you're just mm -hmm. using a medium to promote your content mm -hmm. right it's it's almost like it'd be like uh, someone be, doing a movie critique right and showing parts like the video and uh, granted though the reason why gaming is a little bit different is they'll show everything about it yeah but that's just kind of gives you some flavor as to like how nintendo is because nintendo will be like you, you you play any music right or like another great one is like uh sony Sometimes, too, like, with, like, their music or their mm -hmm. movies or their games and stuff, they, they can get really strict, too, about that. But Nintendo has been notorious for this, especially for, like, fun little uh, ROM hacks or, like, things, like, where people, like, they took the time to try and, like, reskin a game to kind of, like, showcase. Maybe, like, I mean, my hope is that they didn't try to monetize off of that because that'd be yeah. kind of stupid. I think a smart thing would be if someone makes a, uh, a, a ROM hack, right, and they don't monetize off of it and kind of showcase their ability, I think that that... Kind of is, like, because it's not going to take me away from the normal game. Right? Yeah. That's a totally different top topic, though. The reason why this one's important is, like, uh, Soldier Boy, he's decided to go into the gaming industry, um, and uh, he, he's selling these consoles with, like, 8,000-plus games on them, and they're clearly ripoffs. One of uh, his advertisements, I can even show you, I think I still have the side op open, uh, how I'm just wondering, like, how did he get from where he is to thinking that this was a thing that, like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I, I'm going to make this game thing. I have no fucking clue. Because, let's see, it's even hard for me. I can't find his products now because uh, I'll get more on this. Like, they, they, he, he, they're all taken down for the most part. Um, let's see. Where is this thing? Okay. It's probably gonna what was that. he calling his thing? He had several different names for him. So, uh, okay, so first off, so with the gaming industry, right, he has these games. He has all these ports. Uh, they look like very, very tacky knockoffs 
of the games. He uh, he had a retro soldier boy. He had a uh, I think it's called he called it a fuse, which was pretty much like a PS4. Oh God. Um, he, he had oh gosh the, the problem is since like they're all missing now I'm trying to go off of articles that took screenshots like here's one right and it pretty much looks like a um, like what was that remember like in 2008 they had those like micro micro uh, micro Game Boys Game Boy Micro uh-huh. right it kind of looks yeah. like that except for like it has like that looks like Burnout possibly and it's, it has Super Smash Brothers Ultimate on it. And I'm like, there's Not no, Smash Bros, Smash no, Brothers. No, no, there's there's no fucking way that Nintendo, with a game that's going to be that popular with the release, is going to allow a port like that to a console that's not their own. Yeah. Period. That's, yeah. <laughs> Especially to someone who's never even been in the gaming industry, let alone, like, I think has any ties to them. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Do-do-do-do. Oh, man. I really love this advertisement. da 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 here we go. Here we go. The Soldier Game Console, right? And so, um, one of the one of the resources I'm using is actually from a uh, a creator named Spawnwave, um, mainly because I can't find any of these freaking things anymore since they're all pretty much all taken down. But here is like a picture of the console, right? Looks oh yeah. Very very like basic. It has like two USB ports, power button. It has it has freaking AV out ports, which is like in this day and age, like who fucking uses those unless they're for old consoles? Yeah. Like everyone's <laughs> gonna have an HDMI port or like a uh you know, or some other kind of hookup. But he has these ports. I think my favorite part is like how like he tries to describe them. Um uh, this one has, oh, I guess it says it says eight hundred built-in games. But I swore it said eight thousand at one point. Um, with this though, he uh, the type of games that are on this console though are uh, Soldier Game, which I don't understand what that means because I don't think he's made any games for this. Mm-hmm. None that I could find. PS, Neo Geo, PC, Sega, GB, uh, Game Boy Advance. No, it says GBA, uh, and NES video games. Which has all these video games. Funny thing is, he has he has an advertisement on there that shows a picture of Laura Croft. I think. Let's see. Do, do, do. There it is. Perfect. I just want to interject that apparently in January two thousand nineteen, he's launching an esports team. Yes, and he wants to have Ninja on his team. Oh, for fuck's sake! Right, like, like I'm like, there's no, no, like there. Uh-uh. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, first off, if you were... Let's say you were to get rights to a game console, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or there's certain games, right? And be able to display them. Okay, that's fine. But there's no way that a company would be okay with you cross-platforming it with other games. You know what I mean? Like, you, you wouldn't be able to... I can't get uh, Xbox One games with PlayStation 4 games, with Nintendo Switch games. Like, that's not going to be a thing. Um... I think my favorite part about this is it says PS, which is PlayStation. So if that if I'm thinking the, the actual name value, that game's not going to be on there because this is like Rise of the Tomb Raider. I think is that what that image is from, mm-hmm. which is a PS4 game. So uh, you're not playing that on <laughs> the PlayStation. Yeah. He says for anyone that thinks Nintendo is going to sue me, you're retarded. Nothing's going to happen. Everything's legit. My console isn't going anywhere. Trust me. And I 
I find that I find that so hard to believe because if that first off, why? And second off, I mean, these are horrible, like just ports. And most people that have played these, they have frame rate issues. They get they get completely botchy and splotched. Nintendo's not going to want to even be associated with something of that quality, right? Because they have high quality. I mean, they're not like normally not like next generation graphic stuff or like really high. Um, you know, it doesn't have a lot of processing power necessarily. But they go, they still pride themselves on their product. They they wouldn't they wouldn't go through and work with a third party to sell a subpar piece of junk that's only going to last you maybe a couple days. Um, now, I guess this, uh, what's even better about this is the console that he's actually been using to sell. Yeah, let me find that video here. It's from, oh gosh, what's it called? It's called, it's like Alley something. Where does, where was he getting these games from? Because it actually ends up being that uh, the games that he's trying to showcase here or that he's selling are from a another uh, website and they're literally direct picture for picture of these um, I guess they call these like Chinese wholesale games where like they'll just sell like these products and they clearly are just not like they shouldn't be getting sold and so they just try to basically do a, like a dump in batches trying to get as much money as they can um, and the website that he was selling is almost on Soldier Watch. He's yeah. So on his Twitter, he's claiming that the games were licensed to him. There's no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. There's absolutely. I'm calling absolute bullshit on this. Um, but yeah, it's like uh, uh, Anne Bernick, uh, the office store. Anne Bernick office store, I guess, is the site where like they have a lot of these cheap ports. Like here's the actual console itself. It's selling for like 106 bucks. And he's mm -hmm. selling on his site. It says it's two hundred dollars, and he marks it down to one fifty, which is I think is another hilarious thing because this is a tactic that we've seen before with just in, in, in um, you know with uh, capitalism is you'll mark something up and then you'll strike the price to make it seem like you're making savings when all you did was you removed it back down to its normal price, making creating that illusion, right? That there actually is savings on this product. Um. But yeah, what's really funny about this is. Let's see, where do we go? Um, he claims that he's already sold 5 million units of his game consoles, which is a lot. So I saw a thing where on his Twitter, he's like, he retweeted something that said that um, there was reports that he said that he sold 5 million consoles. And he was saying, he said, no, I said we sold, we were up to $5 million in sales. Like, Right. Somebody said something and they were like, oh, back. It's funny to watch him go from if they were going to do something, they would have done it already to. Oh, no, bro. This was totally legal. Yeah. And I guess these are also selling on Amazon for even half the price off of his store. Good news. You're already a Prime member. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to see all benefits. I did say the keyword. All right, then. <laughs> Thank you, Dot. Could you not? I will never say their name again. Oh, no. Huh? It's going to come up again later, but go on. That's fine. I, we can just unplug her. <laughs> I'll pull her plug out. Uh, but, yeah, he's hoping to get people uh, 
uh, ninja for like his like esports franchise, and so what was I looking for though? I, I lost track now because of uh, freaking the dot. Oh, I was trying to find. So uh, you know that JonTron video I just showed you earlier. Mm-hmm. The 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 work. Uh, What's it called? Gentle. It's like an exercise video, hour. right? Like you had the prancer size, which is a yeah. hilarious video. You, you should definitely go watch it. Um, but I actually saw that he had a video on this, which is partially what got me really curious about it. And there was, he showed a part in his video where Nintendo is actually looking to file a lawsuit against him. Mm-hmm. And based on what he's done, not, he could face substantial prison, prison time. Yeah. Like, oh, because, like, I mean, that's intellectual property across multiple platforms, depending on how many games he has and on there. And a ton of things that he's taken. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, like, pretty much outright theft, and then he's... It also... What's, it's funny because of two things. Either he's made these consoles, put them across multiple platforms, like, in terms of, like, where he sells them on a news base, but he's still going to get hit really fucking hard. If not... Then he might get hit because while he did not make the product, he's helping to sell the product, slapping his name on it. Mm-hmm. And regardless, he's still going to get hit for that because he's someone that has money, right? And he actively publicized it. Like, like he, he told everyone that he's doing this thing. And there's a whole record of it. And so I just... It's so absolutely ridiculous. Like, this one even shows Street Fighter... Is this Street Fighter Five? Street Fighter Four? I can't. I can't tell. But like, that's one of the newer Street Fighters up there. I think that's four. That's four. Yeah. So like, we're not the newest one because the newest one's five. But yeah, there's no way that PlayStation, um, Microsoft, and Nintendo are all working together to get all their games on one console. There's no way. Oh God, no. They would be furious. Like, the thought of that is hilarious. Well, let's think of it this way. Maybe he did get the rights for games. Let's just say let's just say he did. Absolutely. If he did, it would be an utter like if I found out like maybe he talked to each person, got rights, but never told them who else he was working with, mm-hmm. they'd be furious. Mm-hmm. And on the off chance that everything is legit, let's just say everything is legit. This in a sense kind of ruins the gaming industry for these major players because now what they're telling they're they're telling businesses hey you can sell our product on your platform which then they lose that monetary value from people buying their hardware or buying their games directly from them you know how many millions of dollars they'd be losing by that like if i paid a hundred dollars you got 800 games yeah that means I'm paying cents for multiple games mm-hmm. per console. Like, so why would you buy those it's, other it's, games? It's so. eight games a dollar at that point. It's insane. Like the fact that they can, he can says that's absolutely legit cannot be the case. If it is the case, then Nintendo, all these other gaming companies have just shot themselves not in the foot, right at the ass because there is no like there's just no way. And so I just think it's hilarious. That's the case, but let me see. So he's... Go ahead. One day ago, he (laughs) posted a tweet that says, I had to boss up. I didn't have a choice. And the comments on that thread are gold. Yeah, what what do you see there? Because I saw saw that message, too. Um, Let's see. So I think one of my favorites is somebody posted that says, Soldier Boy, Nintendo ain't gonna do shit. 
Nintendo sued Soldier Bay. Soldier, Soldier Boy. Soldier Bay. <laughs> and then the, Soldier Bay. the next thing for Soldier Boy is it has that, the Pikachu picture where it's or got like its it? mouth open. And it's like, uh, ah. yeah, the like, what? Pikachu face? There's a, there's a whole lot of them that are like, you seriously, like, you're an idiot. Yeah. How do you not see this coming? Right, because, I mean, Nintendo's sent out cease and desist for much less things. For simpler yeah. things. Like, it's just very fucking hard for me to believe. Okay. Uh, let's see. So so it says that he's reportedly being contacted by Nintendo, um, who's starting to press criminal charges against the Crank That rapper. <laughs> and this is by MTO News that has confirmed this. So yeah, they said that it violates the Trademark Counterfeiting, counterfeiting Act, and that if proven, he can face substantial prison time. Uh, I guess it looks like uh, the first offense has upwards of 10 to 20 years. Yeesh. That's a long fucking time to make quick bucks off of a horribly ported platform. It looks like a lot of people in the gaming community are just like, thank God Nintendo finally came for them. Or, and Because there's a lot of people saying, like, I've never been so happy that Nintendo came for, for an illegal emulator. Yeah. Because, like, there, there used to be other emulators. Like, I'm not sure if anyone else ever used them. There was stuff like Cool ROM, and I think it was one, like, like, it was like Amer uh, Euro, Euro Paradise or something like that. And so, and those were never necessarily illegal. Like, if you wanted to ever port your stuff, you only had to have the cartridge and convert it over into an emulator. Mm -hmm. And so, it's like, it's like a, it's like pirating, you know? Like, watching TV shows that you don't have access to. Like, look at this. Here, here, here it is. Um, so this is John Tron. He actually bought two consoles. He bought one of them on Amazon and then the other one from Soulja Boy's site. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Like, that's that's the, some of the gameplay of, like, what's that, Super Mario World 3? Looks like it. Yeah, and it's, like, it's like horribly distorted. Oh! Yeah. Oh, that looks real bad. <laughs> yeah, it looks really fucking horrible. So, like, even if that was the case, like, Nintendo would be fucking pissed if they, if, uh... Someone had allowed that because it, it, it tarnishes their name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they did condone that, it's like, well, damn. I guess Nintendo's just like a sellout. They're gonna allow ported games that are horrible. So, um, but yeah, there is yet to be a verdict on this crime. But I am fairly certain that not only is it a crime, but it's one of the dumbest ones I've ever seen. I was even on yeah, and I was on his like Twitter page too and stuff, and he's like. You know, talking about how everyone's like, what do you want to see a man fail? And it's like, it's not that. It's, you're a fucking idiot. And the way that that he's just so, like, I, I can't think of the right words. But the way that he's put it on, like, Twitter, like, he thought no one would notice or do anything about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. Nintendo doesn't care. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> This one, <laughs> at least you try. Yeah, that's awesome. His his Twitter is real funny. <laughs> Man, I just I can't believe that oh, he look, thought this no is like one would do anything. CEO. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, but, yeah. I just thought that that was you know for a true crime. This one was actually very enjoyable to find <laughs> out about. So, but yeah, I guess yeah. He's made he's made good amount of money. He's reselling it everywhere. Uh, here are some current, like, I found on Amazon, I was trying to find it, I couldn't find them anymore, but here are some horrible ports here. Like, 
that are just like, you can buy all these games. Look mm-hmm. at this. And they just, like, what of it looks like, I think, is that like a Game Gear? That kind of looks like it. It does kind of look like it, doesn't it? And so, yeah. The good news is, if you want to buy a horrible ported gaming system, you can. There's options. There are options for you, all of which will make you regret your life choices. But you don't have to buy one from a bad rapper. Yeah. So, I think all he has right now is he literally has watches. Uh, oh, like, there's the gaming fuse. Here's, like, so here's the, here's the soldier game fuse. Oh, that straight up looks like a PS4. Right. There's the gaming handheld. Uh-huh. There's that. So, that's yeah, pretty great. It's like he didn't even try to make it, it look really, different. He really didn't try at all. He just pretty much was like, hey, look at this. I, I'm I gonna have, blast it. I can make games too. And by make games, I mean I can steal I can games. steal other people's games and blast it over the internet and no one will come for me because I think I'm the coolest. Yeah. So. Newsflash. That was what I was talking about here today. That's, that's ridiculous. Kind of stupid. But yeah. the good news is, you're not as dumb as him. So congrats, audience. Well, that's not saying much, but okay. <laughs> well, you, have to, you have to look at the bright sides of things. It, it, it's true. The okay. life of Brian. <laughs> I was just thinking bad luck, Brian, also after you said that. Oh, Aww. I was thinking that the Poor always guy. think on always look on the bright side of life. Uh-huh. Alright. So, Katie, what the fuck are you talking about? So I had paranormal. Paranormal. Okay. Right, right. Because I kept confusing myself with paranormal. So remember when I was like I gave you like a really vague hint about what I was gonna talk about? Nope. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. It's like, the idea came to me when I was listening to a thing about scuba diving, and you were very puzzled, and I said nothing more. Was that the most recent episode of And That's How We Drink? Did that one inspire you? It did. I was listening to that, okay. and she was talking about scuba diving. Yeah, and I was the guy, like... Yeah, I had this thought, and I was like, oh, this would be cool. So I'm going to talk about ghost ships. Fuck yes. Okay, yes, let's go. Something interesting that I learned in my my research is that there are different kinds of ghost ships. So when I say different ghost kinds. when I say ghost ship, what do you think? I think I think <laughs> an incorporeal ghost. Like, like uh that's that was dumb. Well, I yeah. think No, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like ooh, it looks like it's like broken down, maybe like not it's an like actual thing. White. Yeah, like a ghost. Yeah. Or it could be a ship, but it looks like it's derelict. God damn it. <laughs> what? So, there's different kinds of... I use a big word, right? <laughs> no, there's, there's different... No, I mean, you did use it right, but... There are different kinds of, of ghost ships. There's phantom ships, which is what I was thinking of when I was like, oh, I want to find ghost ships. And then there's ghost ships, which are derelict. That's what you were watching downstairs the other day, I think. Yes, and then I had trouble going to bed because I was worried about ghost ships. <laughs> They'll get you. In landlocked Idaho, <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> like, I turned the light off and ran up the stairs. ghost ships, though. They can swim through land. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> okay. I felt real ridiculous, and I had to tell myself to be worried about, like, reasonable things, like serial killers and home invasion. Right. Then I had to go check out the children. Again. Yes. Which, by the way, thanks for that. No. <laughs> so... I'm going to start off with some phantom ships, and then it would be remiss of me to talk about this and then not talk about actual ghost ships. Okay. So, around the Cape of Good Hope, an unnamed ship can be seen by sailors caught in stormy weather. Mm -hmm. She's said to be the phantom of a ship that long ago tried to navigate around the Cape, but was lost in a storm. Seeing the ship is an omen of doom, if the ship makes contact 
or if you make contact with the ship, they will try to give you letters to take to land. But if you look at the letters, then you'll find that they're from people that have been long since dead to people that have been super dead for a long time. Hmm. And accepting these letters is also a guarantee of death. This ship is captained by the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> Good. Uh, and that's something that I fa- thought was very interesting, is that a lot of pop culture refers to the ship as the Flying Dutchman. But it's not. Whereas, like, the legend itself, it's the captain that's the Flying Dutchman. Right. So there are recorded sightings going back in print as far as 1790 in an account by John MacDonald. The identity of the Flying Dutchman is said to be that of Dutch East India Company Captain Hendrik Vanderdecken. His vessel sank in 1641 on a journey from Holland to the Far East Indies to purchase goods such as dyes, silks, and spices. Upon the return trip to Amsterdam, as he was navigating around the Cape of Good Hope, he had this idea and he was like, God, it would be super cool if the Dutch East India Company had a settlement near the Cape where we could, like, chill for a minute, because mm-hmm. that area is known for having lots of storms. Mm-hmm. Um, we could, you know, wait out some turbulent water and then carry along our way, because it's, it's a long trip. Mm-hmm. So he's deep in thought. He didn't notice that they were sa- sailing into a storm that had suddenly kicked up. It'd be nice if there wasn't a storm. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be great if we had a place to wait out a storm? Oh, look, a storm. This is fine. Yeah. Okay. So the sailors were like, dude, turn it around. This is dangerous. We're going to capsize. And Captain Vanderdecken refused, saying, I'll round this cape if I have to keep sailing until doomsday. Or... Good for him. May I be eternally damned if I do, though I should beat about here till the day of judgment. Uh, so yeah. there's maybe the crew mutinied, and Captain Vanderdecken fought off the rebel leader, uh, killed him and threw his body into the water. Then the ship spoke to him and told him that he would be cursed to sail the oceans for eternity with a ghostly crew of dead men, bringing death to those who were... I can't read my writing. Death to those who were unlucky enough to see them, okay. and they would never know a moment's peace. So, so men mutinied because there was a storm, and like, dude, this isn't wise, we shouldn't go there. He's like, nah, man, I got it, chill. Like, they tried to revolt, Possibly. he the leader. So all of the stuff that I saw, like, I only saw that in a couple of accounts of the legend. Mm-hmm. So maybe there was a mutiny, maybe there wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Vanderdecken may have already been nicknamed the Flying Dutchman because he, I mean, as long as a journey it is to go from, you know, Holland to the Far East Indies, he was fast about it. I mean, as fast as you can be doing that in a boat. Right. Uh, some legends say that the Dutchman leads ships astray, causing them to crash on hidden rocks or reefs. Mm -hmm. Uh, The legend gained popularity with Wagner's 1843 opera titled The Flying Dutchman. Great, my favorite man. I'll tell you more about that later. Prince George of Wales, later King George V, recorded a sighting of the Dutchman in 1881. Uh, In pop culture, we see the moniker Flying Dutchman referring to the ship, captained by the pirate Davy Jones. Uh, Generally, this seems to be made popular by Pirates of the Caribbean, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, But, like, we saw the same thing in, like, Spongebob. Yes. Um, and there's a couple other things. He had a locker. This is my socks, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm that's what I think they took oh Davy Jones locker and the legend of the flying Dutchman and just like smooshed them together mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what that seems to be um, and I think if I'm remembering correctly the way that it evolved in Pirates of the Caribbean is that for one of the the dead crewmen to be set free, another sailor has to take his place. Yes. Because I think uh, yeah. that, uh, was it, is it Orlando Bloom? Will. Oh. Yeah, Will? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will Turner. T- Will Turner takes his father's place? Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. Um, and then, yeah, then Bill Nighy is the, the, the English Nighy? Bill Nye? Bill Nighy. Oh, okay. Bill Bill Nye was not Davy Jones. (laughs) Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Which it's funny because if you watch that and then you watch, I think it's the first Underworld movie, his, like, the way that he moves is exactly the same. So it's like... What does he play in Underworld? He is one of... uh, Victor, one of the vampire elders. Uh, He's He's Kate Beckinsale's dad or adopted... Not not really her dad, but the the guy who turned her. Yeah. And some Underworld spoilers just for you. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, you darn it, you ruined what two decades? How old is that movie? That came out in like 2000 something. Almost 20 years old. Um, oh man, good movie. Side note go listen to the Vampire Movie Club podcast. You should do that, it's a great podcast. Especially the Underworld episode, it's great. Mm. So, the next phantom ship I'm going to talk about is the Lady Love Bond. Uh, that's the name of a legendary schooner that is said to have wrecked off the Kent coast of Southeast England on February 13th, 1748. And she now appears there every 50 years. The story is that Captain Simon Reed and his new wife, Annetta, set sail with his crew heading to Portugal. As the ti- at the time, and this might still be a superstition, I don't know, but at the time, superstition was that bringing a woman on board was bad luck because fucking patriarchy, that's why. Um, I saw some things that were like, oh, it's distracting. It's like, no, you're just assholes. You're a woman. I'm gonna have I can't do my job. No, you're you're a fucking idiot then. The first mate, John Rivers, was the best man at Captain Reed's wedding, Mm -hmm. but he was also in love with Annetta. So while the crew celebrated below decks, first first mate Rivers was above as well as the bosun, which is, they're like in charge of equipment and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So Rivers was becoming more jealous the more that he thought about Anetta. Or Anita. Don't know. Uh, until he couldn't take it anymore. The ship was passing through a, st- a stretch of the English Channel called the Goodwin Sands, which is a super dangerous area. It's, st- it's still super dangerous. Um, it's a, a nine-mile stretch between Kingsdown, Kent, and Pegwell Bay. Since 1298... Over 1,000 shipwrecks have been recorded in the area. So, it's super dangerous. While the Lady Lovabond passed through the area, Rivers attacked the bosun at the helm with a heavy belaying pin, either killing him by blunt force trauma or at least rendering him unconscious, because then he took control of the wheel and intentionally steered the ship onto the Goodwin Sands, destroying the ship and killing everyone aboard. So... That's how you win a girl. This guy is real pissed off because this girl didn't want to be with him. So he kills everybody. Mm. Cool. Nice job. The ship reappears every 50 years. The Edinburgh reported nearly colliding with a three-mast schooner, but then the ship could not be found. And uh, that was in 1798. 
a fishing boat saw the near miss and then they saw the ship like break up in the distance mm-hmm. and so they sent a crew like a rescue crew to be like ah shit we gotta go see if these people are okay and they couldn't find anything uh, so then 1848 oh backing up in the the previous sighting mm-hmm. the ship that nearly collided with them they were close enough that they could hear sounds of celebration coming from the ship oh that's pretty close so then 1848 local seamen were convinced that they had seen a ship wreck on the sands but the rescue team could find nothing and there were similar reports in 1898 the last report was filed in 1948 a captain had seen a ship he believed to be real but it gave off a weird green glow Mm. And then disappeared. Well, Due to the legend, a large amount of people gathered in 1998, but unfortunately there were no sightings. So that's too bad. The Lady Lovabond shares the area with some other phantom ships, the SS Montrose and the Shrewsbury, which is a man of war. Also, the SS Violet, which is a paddle steamer and a Spanish galleon that sank during the Armada. There is no reliable record of any ship being named the Lady Lovabond or having sunk there. Hmm. So, who knows? Now we're going to move across the pond to America. Casco Bay, Maine is supposedly haunted by a ghost ship. John Greenleaf Whittier wrote a poem about the mystery ship in 1866. It's called The Dead Ship of Harpswell. The poem describes a phantom ship that appears out of a mist in the bay, heads towards a dock, and slowly vanishes into thin air. Many people believe that the ghost ship is uh, a ship that was called Dash. It's a privateering vessel during the War of 1812. So it, it didn't start off as a privateering vessel. I mean, it was just a merchant vessel. But during that time, they were allowing people to be privateers and to go off and... <laughs> oh, look! An enemy vessel! Mm-hmm. We are a merchant, but now we will shoot at them. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dash was officially commissioned as a, a privateering vessel by President Madison on September 13th, 1814, though her career began at least a year earlier. So even though she wasn't, like, officially a privateer, they were privateering. Okay. Uh, Dash reportedly had a 15-0 and record and outran several British warships. She recap- recaptured American sh- vessels and also captured a couple of British ships. Uh, let's see. So she had seven voyages and 15 bounties were collected. Her third captain was John Porter. Um, he, I believe he was newly married and there was another privateering ship called the Champlain uh, that she wanted to test her speed against the dash because the dash was like the fastest thing on the water at this point. Mm-hmm. And it had to do with the way that she was built, and it was different and special or something, blah, blah, blah. Right. So he leaves his home. I think he, I want to say he, like, showed up late or something, and they were like, oh, it's because he's newly married, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't really figure out how this was relevant to a whole lot of stuff, but I saw it in literally every retelling. Hmm. So Dash and Champlain are going to have their little race. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a winter, but eventually... The, the dash pulled ahead. Mm-hmm. So then a winter storm came on and the Champlain changed her course, but dash kept on. So back in Portland, Porter's new wife, Lois, 
was at home when a like a decorative or like a tile fell off of their fireplace, mm-hmm. and it it was decorated with some like scripture on it, mm-hmm. and supposedly then she picked it up and she knew that the dash was lost. So they went through the storm, and they were never seen again. Interesting. Um, it was assumed that Captain Porter underestimated his speed and lost his vessel on the treacherous shoals of George Banks. So the kind of like the most and um, notorious isn't the right word. I guess the most well-known sighting was in World War II. Um, there's like the alarm of something breaching the bay that was mm-hmm. going off. So they were people were freaking out about that. So like they were firing at it. Uh, and there was a couple having an affair oh. on yes. an island that's like out in the bay. Mm-hmm. So some of the ammunition like hit the island and scared the fucking shit out of them. So they're over there having their affair and then suddenly they're being shelled. And then they... Banging gone wrong. uh, Ooh, ooh, oh God, that's (laughs) bad. That's a real bad joke. (laughs) Yay, I'm full of them. (laughs) So they're real startled. And then they see the ship come out of the fog, but there was no wind. But even though there was no wind, they could hear the sails, and they read the name on the side of the ship, and it was Dash. The crew appeared to be just staring into the fog. I've turned two pages. There we go. So, seeing the ship will supposedly bring bad luck. Some say that it carries the curse of death. No matter the weather, the ship is always at full sail, sailing straight ahead until it would disappear or seem to sail backwards into the fog. Which, sailing backwards, is not a thing boats do. (laughs) The last reported sighting was in the 1880s, so no one's seen it for a while. So now I'm going to... got lost again. I I guess. (laughs) Now I'm going to change gears, and we're going to talk about ghost ships. So those were phantom ships, these are ghost ships. Right. So a ghost ship can also be a real derelict found adrift with its crew dead or missing. On November 24th, 1931... The SS Bachimo, a cargo steamer, was abandoned after being trapped in pack ice near Barrow, Alaska. So this was volunteer- voluntarily abandoned because they were stuck and they were like, well, fuck. So they abandon it. They figure it's going to sink because it's real stuck. Mm-hmm. She didn't. She didn't sink. Uh, she remained afloat and was seen numerous times along the Alaska coast, last seen in 1969, 38 years after it was abandoned, supposedly stuck forever. Oh, man. When she was last seen, she was stuck in pack ice between Point Barrow and Icy Cape, but her current fate is unknown. So, the, um, Bachimo... She's stuck, because they would have found her again. Uh, yeah, so Bachimo could still be just like, along, I don't know why that's a boat sound. Can you imagine if, like, that ship was just, like, perfectly intact and someone just happens to... I have a ship. Well, like, that's the this thing, is, is that it's... T- obviously, it's seaworthy if it's just, like, floating around doing boat stuff. <laughs> doing what boats do. Which, and that was the thing that I realized, like, I didn't realize I needed to be afraid of boats just, like, boating on their own. Because, like, <laughs> think about it. Airplanes and cars that are continuing to do airplane and car things when no one is driving them. I mean, with the exclusion of, like, driverless cars, since that's right. becoming a thing. Like, that's weird and creepy, but eventually they'll run out of fuel. Right. If a boat runs out of fuel, it's going to continue to boat. Yes, because its fuel is... Wait. The water. It the will water. just go. Like, <laughs> and that's real creepy. Mm-hmm. 
for sure. So I didn't, I didn't realize that was something that we should be concerned about. Uh, but if you think about it, it's real weird. Yeah. Hmm. So the story of the Jenny is unsubstantiated, because the, the earliest known source is an anonymous article in an 1862 edition of a German geographical magazine. Mm-hmm. And there's another story that I will tell you that's, like, weirdly similar. Okay. So who knows how true this is. Uh, so supposedly the Jenny left its home port on the Isle of Wight in 1822. Okay. In 1840, it was discovered frozen in ice in the Drake Passage. Uh, Captain Brighton of the Hope and his crew saw the battered ship and approached. It appeared to be manned with seven men standing at attention on deck. However, when they got closer, they could see that these men were actually frozen solid. Whoops. Uh, So they boarded the ship, and they found the captain, pen in hand, at his logbook, frozen, writing his last entry. Um, What? Which was May 4th, 1823. No food for 71 days. I am the only one left alive. They also found the captain's wife and dog in the captain's quarters. Also frozen solid. The Hope then sailed off with the logbook. <laughs> it sailed off. Huh. I mean, yeah, they were like, well, we're going to go. Uh, but we don't know if they like just took the logbook and left everything as it was, or if they buried them at sea. Mm. The Octavius is a very similar story, uh, also uns- unsubstantiated. So it was bordered as a derelict west of Greenland, uh, the five-man party found the crew of 28 dead, frozen, and almost perfectly preserved, uh, with the captain frozen with his pen in hand at his logbook, just like it was on the Jenny. The last book, yes, the Jenny. Uh, the last log was from November 11th, 1762, meaning the boat had been lost for 13 years since it was found in 1775, even though these people looked like they were newly frozen. And that's just kind of interesting because it, that story is very, very similar to the Jenny. Yeah. So, and as they're both unsubstantiated, who knows if it's truth, legend, or if there's actually, like, one ship that this happened to and it's just, like, bred these other legends. Hmm. December 4th, 1872, the Mary Celeste was found sailing off the coast of Portugal heading towards the Strait of Gibraltar. Even though the weather was fine and she had an experienced and able crew, she was found without a single soul aboard. Mm. And this is, like, one of my favorite stories because it's nuts. American James Winchester purchased the Mary Celeste at a salvage auction and did extensive repairs and renovations. So she set sail October 1872, or, like, that's when she, like, she was put in a river to be ready for her voyage to Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, captained by Benjamin Briggs, he brought his wife and his two-year-old child with him, and there was a crew of seven. So there was ten people total on this boat. Uh, Captain Briggs was super experienced and had spent most of his life at sea and, like, owned many boats. And so, like, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So she actually left New York on November 7th, 1872, with a cargo of seven... Seven... 1,701 barrels of raw commercial alcohol, which that is a very odd... Yeah. An odd number. Right. Uh, And that was valued at $35,000, and there was full insurance on this. So December 4th, 1872, a British ship named... And I'm not sure how to pronounce this, so don't at me. Dia Gratia found her... So they found her empty, but still under sail. The weather was fine, and there was six months of food and water on board, and the crew was all, like, able and trustworthy, 
and the personal belongings and valuables were untouched. So some theories of what happened include North African pirates that killed the crew and threw the bodies overboard, but there hadn't been an instance of piracy reported in that area for the last decade, and like none of the cargo was missing, none of the personal effects, the valuables, nothing was gone. So they're really bad pirates. Yeah, and there was no signs of violence on the ship. Mm-hmm. So that's highly unlikely. Another theory is that the crew of the Dia Gradia killed everyone on board and fabricated the ghost ship story to claim salvage rights. This is unlikely because there is no sign of a struggle on board, and the Dia Gradia departed a week later than the Mary Celeste and could not possibly have caught up with it. Also, the captain of the Dia Gradia, Captain Morehouse, was good friends with Captain Briggs. So, since we do know that they are friends, Mm -hmm. some people thought that this was an insurance scam, because that would require Morehouse and Briggs to work together, but as neither of them actually owned the ship, that would be silly because they wouldn't get an insurance payout. Mm-hmm. And the, like, the insurance value, like, the payout of the insurance was pretty small. So that'd be a whole lot of work to go through for a payout that was small that they wouldn't even get. Mm-hmm. So that's highly unlikely. Um, when the Dia Gradia found it, there was a decent amount of water between decks. Uh, so it was like about three and a half feet. And two and a half of the three water pumps were found, two and a half, Two of the three water pumps were found... Ah, yes, I'm half pumped. (laughs) Two of the three pumps were found disassembled, and only one of them was working. So they thought that perhaps she was hit by a storm and the crew evacuated. But there weren't any storms reported in the area, and the water level was not enough that anyone would... Like, an experienced captain would order an evacuation. So that's probably not it. Mm-hmm. Nine of the barrels of alcohol were found to be empty, so there was speculation that the crew got drunk and murdered Briggs and his family due to years of tyranny. However, Briggs was known to have been a good and able, well-behaved captain and would not have allowed alcohol to be consumed on the ship. Um, also, we have, like, it says n- there's no records of him being a dick. So, I feel so like they probably... would know, he is a chill guy. Yes, so... Like the likelihood of him being like a tyrannical captain, probably not great. Another thought is that it was a sea quake, so like a, an earthquake under the sea. Like that causes like a tsunami. Well, no, it just it. I mean, it does the same things that earthquakes do. It's just under the water. It makes shaky. Right, but normally that creates like giant waves. I mean, it would be creating them elsewhere. Right. If you're thinking of, like, a tsunami. Right. But, so there, the thought is that a sea quake dislodged the barrels and caused the barrels to leak, um, which made the... And so the barrels leaked, which is why those nine barrels were empty. And then that made the crew... So also, the sea quake made the crew panic, but there were no reports of any such sea quake at the time. Mm-hmm. And the other boat, the Dia Gradia, would they would have felt any rumbling as well, and they didn't report anything. So, probably didn't happen. Um, One of the more likely theories, and actually the one that was thought up, maybe thought up isn't the good word, the greatest word, um, James Winchester, this was his theory about what happened, and he's the actual owner of the boat. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, he thought it was most likely, so, like, the barrels were made of red oak, or nine of the barrels, I should say, were made of red oak. And the rest were made of white oak. But red oak is more porous than white oak. 
So the nine red oak barrels were like slowly leaking. Mm -hmm. So that was causing alcohol vapors in the hold. Now, you know, like stereotypical barrel, it's got those like metal bands around it. Mm -hmm. So they're all next to each other. Those are rubbing together and that's creating sparks, which would then cause an explosion. Mm -hmm. So then seeing the the fumes and the flames, uh, Captain Briggs ordered an evacuation so everybody gets into the lifeboat, but in the hurry, they don't properly tie their boat to the ship. So then they end up like drifting off and they either drown or die of exposure, hunger, or, you know, weather, whatever. Mm-hmm. The problem with this is that there were no burn marks or fumes when the Mary Celeste was discovered. And for all we know, those nine barrels were loaded empty when they loaded the boat in New York. Mm. So the fact that those nine barrels are empty might not mean anything. In 1860, a ship was built in a shipyard on Spencer Island in the Bay of Fundy in Nova Scotia. Uh, she was built with two masts and rigged as a brigantine? Brigantine. Mm-hmm. Boat word. Boat word. So she was launched May 18th, 1861, and given the name Amazon. We're safe now. That's probably going to happen several more times. Okay, here. Let me just... Let yeah, me you should probably screen. just unplug it. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Although I like how every time that happens, we both just stare at it. Yeah, we're like, is it going gonna... to... Come on. Okay, cool. It's dead. Right, so... I the... killed Amazon. Given the name Amazon, and it was registered on June 10th, 1861, she was owned by a consortium of nine people, including her first captain, Robert McClellan. Her maiden voyage was June 1861. Um, so she was taking, she was to take on a cargo of timber from five islands. And I think that's like a place called five islands, not five different islands. Um, and she was going to take it across the Atlantic to London. So after, after supervising the loading, Captain McClellan fell ill. I think it said he had pneumonia. Um, oh, man. And he just got worse and worse. So they ended up going back to Spencer's Island where McClellan died June 19th. Man. So, not, not too long after he fell ill, he's gone. So then John Nutting Parker took over as captain, and he resumed voyage uh, to London. Uh, on the way there, she collided with some, f- with some fishing equipment in the narrows of Eastport, Maine. Mm-hmm. And after leaving London, she ran into and sank a brig in the channel. So this this boat does not have good luck. Uh, Parker remained in command for two years where Amazon worked mainly in the West Indies trade or West Indies trade. In 1863, Parker was succeeded by William Thompson, who remained in command until 1867. In October 1867, Amazon was driven ashore in a storm at Cape Brenton Island. Uh, She was damaged so badly that the owners abandoned her as a wreck. So October 15th, she was acquired as a derelict by Alexander McBean of Glace Bay, Nova Scotia. Within a month, he had sold it to a local businessman who then sold it to Richard W. Haynes, who was an American mariner from New York in November 1886. So he bought it for 17, no, $1,750 and then spent $8,825 restoring it. Good, good job. So then he made himself captain 
and registered it in December of 1868 under a new name. So October 1869, less than a, yeah. So the ship was seized by his creditors and sold to a New York consortium. So, Bummer, less, so you do all that work and get yeah. all that debt, and then the creditors just like, nah. So less than a year after registering it, Haynes had lost the ship that he had registered and renamed after his daughter, Mary Celeste. Which I thought was, like, super nuts. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. Wow. That's fun. Yeah, it was super interesting to read about. And there's a whole lot more stories of ghost ships that are Mm -hmm. real crazy. Like, ones where they... There was one, I think it was somewhere in Japan. Somewhere in that area. Where they, like, they got on the boat... And the whole crew was dead, but, like, their mouth were... Their, like, faces were frozen in expressions of terror. Huh. And, like, weird stuff like that, where I was like, huh, that's interesting. Well, yeah, that's, uh... That's very nutty. Especially, like... Like, because when you said ghost ships, too, of course, the first thing I think of is, like, an actual ghost. Mm-hmm. But it's a ship. But the reason I think... Well, that's derelict, what I thought of, too. Right. But the reason I think, like, derelict or abandoned ships is, uh... From some games I've played. No, they have a ghost Well, and I think... Like, um, inside and actually go and explore it. I think in Assassin's Creed 3, the Octavius actually shows up in a quest. Huh. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I never played 3, but that's interesting though. Fun. So yeah. Cool. All don't, right. don't go boating and die. Yeah, and don't let boats go both themselves. And the, the thought that there's just boats just... Boating around just without go. people on them do, do, is real creepy. Do, do. Yeah, right? Yeah. Maybe that's really where all the ghost ships come from is just people have to abandon them for whatever reason and they just kind of go off and do do what boats do. Well, that's the thing is that people, like the ones that still have their, or the, like their lifeboats are missing, where it's like those people obviously didn't survive because if they had made it back to land somewhere, they would have been like, hey guys... I was on a boat, things didn't go well. This is the name of the boat. Mm-hmm. So, like, where did those people go? Did they just drown? Like, what happened to them? I feel like those people had a story. <laughs> they probably did, but we may never know. And it ended real poorly. Yep. So that's... That's bad for them. So what I've learned today is, don't go on boats. Just stay off of them. <laughs> like, don't even leave. Just stay in your house. That's the best way to go about life. But there's lots of, like, spooky videos about about ghost ships and stuff that you should watch because they're very interesting. And, like, yeah. they have pictures of some of the ones that are still just, like, floating around or have, like, wrecked somewhere and have just mm-hmm. become part of the landscape. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because there was that one, like, where, like, it was, like, uh, kind of, like, a broken-down ship. Yeah. And they were still crawling on it. That it had just, had, like, like, grown, the like, the yeah, foliage, foliage and everything. The island had just grown up around this, this wrecked boat. Yeah. Which is super cool. That's pretty cool. But also real creepy. Was it like Horizon? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Huh. And also something that is very weird to me is how boats are always referred to as her and she. It's probably because. It's like it's a boat. The patriarchy. It is absolutely what? because like, of the patriarchy. Ride, ride her out to sea. Go fuck yourself. God. That's why you sank. That's why we sank. Should have been a man boat. Man boat won the song. <laughs> it would have gone lost. <laughs> it would have gone lost immediately. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> and then it wouldn't have asked for directions. Yay, yeah. stereotypes. 
<laughs> Partially true. But, uh, okay. Cool, so. Shall we roll for the next episode? Let's roll for it. So. Okay. I'm really fucking excited for my dice. <laughs> because for those of you out there who I've not told this about or have not seen our post, I got some awesome dice from Katie that literally has, uh, it's, it's our, like graphic art mm-hmm. for our podcast. And so I literally can roll and I'll see the, the symbol of what it is. I, so I don't have to ask every time what the number is. I just <laughs> see it on the die. It's true. Yes. Really excited about that. So. Uh, for some reason, I thought you were going to hold that up to the microphone. I was yeah. like, they can't. Can you see this here? They can't see that. I can feel it. Oh, God. I hope they hear it. That was probably the worst sound ever. probably the worst sound ever. All right. Good oh, job. I have, I've got some Kraken dice. I think these are the Lucky Charms. Oh. oh, I got a three. So that is paranormal. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. History. History. Woot woot. Which we know because there's a little history book on yeah, it. Yeah, there's a little history book on it. That's real cool. I'm real proud of that. <laughs> I didn't roll the game one. Like, I, how like I was like, I rolled like yeah, five Yeah, you rolled games. it and then just, it's like, Whoa. yeah. I was worried. I was like, oh, shit, that's obviously real unbalanced. This is going to be bad. But I, I guess it's, it's okay. Let's talk about games. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. So then paranormal, history. This will be fun. This will be fun. Okay. Okay. So thanks for joining us. And come back next week to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Bye. Bye. If you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. Email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA Podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, Podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley, and our artwork was by Kirby Morfitt.